0: And it's really a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. And COVID has done that. But you know what? Now we can't go back. Even when COVID is gone and his vaccines come out and everything becomes normal or whatever, we finally have a president and all that stuff or whatever. Um, (laughs) You (laughs) know, still we can't go back.
1: So, yeah, we'll be different on the other side of this.
0: And we can, like, go
1: communications and care welcome to our podcast this is calvary it's a place we hope to provide encouragement camaraderie and practical steps for spiritual engagement during this season good morning manfred how are you good morning (laughs) this is our
2: (laughs) third Uh,
1: we're getting good at this (laughs) (laughs) that's what you're trying to say
2: (laughs) Swanny, no it's really good to be here with you again and yeah and having an opportunity to get to uh uh, into our uh, families, individuals from our community. And uh, yeah, I think that uh, the podcast has been a great idea. And uh, yeah, I've been hearing from other people how, you know, our stories, especially through this month and the previous one, I've been able to minister to them as well. And so it's it's really good to be here with you guys.
1: First, here we have uh, Ravi and Marguerite. Yes. Um, and I would love to just hear a little bit. From them. Hi guys, how are you? They're joining us on Zoom so Hi. I can Hi. see your face from <laughs> quite yes. a few miles away. Um I'd love to hear a little bit. Can you just let our listeners know like who you are about yourself, your family, um and you know, where you w- what you're doing and um what are you up to right now?
3: Yeah, sure. Thank you uh, Calgary for giving us this opportunity. I'm Ravi and uh, my wife Marpreet. And uh, we uh, work and serve in Asia. We've been here for quite some time now. Uh, I'll just give my background first and Marguer can give her background. So I grew up here, uh, grew up in a nominal kind of Christian family and didn't really know the Lord. It was very materialistic in my view as, and following that dream came to the Land of Opportunities U.S. <laughs> almost 20 years ago. And soon after that, I got connected to a local church who were trying to reach out to people, international students there. And as I was one of them, I got connected with the church. And through them, actually, it's a long story, but through that and through people in the church, I really came to know the Lord um, about 18 years ago. Um, Around that time, we met, and uh, I'm a doctor by... Training and I got my training, and then we got married. And uh, we moved to back to my native place about ten years ago now.
0: Um, and I grew up in uh, in U.S. actually, um, and got training. Uh, I was lived in Chicago actually for some time as well. Kind of grew up there, and my parents are both in uh, ministry, so kind of was exposed to that at an early age. And um, sort of really felt this uh, calling to kind of do what we're doing here in Asia. And uh, so we met when he was going through this sort of transition when, when Ravi had come to the US and uh, eventually, obviously, got married. And now we are here back here, serving in Asia and just uh, uh, enjoying the adventure. It's been here yeah. 10 years, I think. Mm-hmm.
1: I'd love to hear- 10 years this month. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. I'd love to hear how you met. Tell me how you met.
0: Uh, Does the podcast have enough time for all of that? (laughs) Like,
3: (laughs) like she was in the same church uh, that was trying to reach out to the internet. And that's why she was in that church because her heart was into this part of- um,
0: The world. Part of the
3: world. She had felt God calling her to this part of the world while she was in college. Uh, and she wanted to be with people from that part of the world. And I was there and a bunch of other people were there, students. Um, and that's how we just connected. And then she was also in my class. She only took one class because she was just bored at home in that <laughs> university. Between grad school and undergrad, she was at home with parents. And she heard there's a bunch of these uh, people in um, this one particular class. And she was in that class. There were 30 students. Um, and she was the only American there. Mm. I
0: was the only white-skinned person everyone else was Asian so it was quite the adventure anyway but that's how we met he was that's full-blown mm-hmm. atheist at the time so there's quite a story after that but yeah it was fun
1: oh wow well we'll make some time to hear that story yes we need to <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs> yeah um, so no and just here you guys you know sharing about your lives and um, and where do you come from? Um, can you maybe share a little bit um, how you guys individually were called to vocational ministry to where you are today? Um, I, I think it would be, um, you know, I, I think I'm out of my own, you know, personal individual calling uh, to ministry, but I know it's different from one person to another one. So I, I think it will be very powerful for the listeners just to hear, you know, how were you called, how were you got to the point where mm-hmm. you said, okay, I'm going to leave everything and i'm just gonna pursue god's calling in my life for this specific place to this specific people can you tell us a little bit about, about that please
3: at least for me i was already into my training when i became a believer and i felt god saying well whether you knew it or not i was walking with you all these years i have made you who you are mm. And I want you to use what you have already been given. Even if you did not really acknowledge me, hmm. this is who you are. Hmm. And I have made you a doctor already. You pursue that field of work, <laughs> go back to your place and do the, wherever, whatever is needed. And as we looked at it, okay, what type of medicine I should do or what specialization I should do? Um, we felt actually margaret felt god leading her and then we talked about it and we said well we should probably focus on uh, people who are affected with hiv and aids and this was 18 years ago 17 years ago and at that time it was was a very scary disease especially in this area um, there were hardly any medicines lots of sickness and death and nobody really wanted to touch them but we felt okay that is what. If Jesus was here, that's what he would do. If Jesus was a doctor, what type of people he would want to be with? Somebody that nobody else cares for. Somebody who nobody else would touch. Yeah. And that's how people were treated uh, who had HIV AIDS. So I, they said, okay, I will get more training in that. So that required a lot of time. Um, I had to finish my own first training, medical training, and then get more specialization. So all of that took another six, seven years. Um, uh, But to keep being focused and we felt that is how we would want to be here. And especially in a place like this, we were specifically called to a small group of people. At least that's where our initial calling was. And you need to be good at that if you want to serve them. You just cannot come and say, well, I just want to talk. But we wanted to have a certain good skill set. Mm-hmm. to be able to minister to those people you mm-hmm. can share?
0: I think uh, for me, the story was different. Um, and not in terms of like where we are sort of right now, but how it all sort of began. And of course, Ravi being from here, his calling and all that, who God made him, is exactly who God made him for me. And God made me mm-hmm. extremely different. So, mm-hmm. you know, like the callings obviously are are. You know, like you said, Manfred, right? It is different for everybody. Mm-hmm. And you know, God had called me to this long before I had met Ravi, years before him. Mm-hmm. And it was always on my heart. And um, I had made all of my decisions gearing up toward this. Everything that I was doing was into or this focus. Mm-hmm. And so um, even when we had met, I mean, that's how I had met him, because I wanted to meet people like him and others and just learn things. And that's how that all started. But, and even that sort of rubbing off on him as well, be like, really, what is this about? Why is this really important to you? And um, really it was. And so that kind of are some of the things that brought us together. And then we started to make decisions after obviously we got married about specifically how we're going to do this. Me as a nurse practitioner, and he's doing his medical degree and um, getting into HIV, sort of initially got calling us to, uh, come to a place like this mm-hmm. uh, at that time
3: So mm. one other challenge that I would also say at that time as we were going through that I was very reluctant mm. to accept that when <laughs> we felt God calling us at least for me to go back mm. uh, that was not what I desired that is not what my family wanted uh, mm. I come from a very average uh, um, family with not much of wealth so we had to take huge loans and there were lots of family expectations to even stay in the us and actually make more money and then be supportive of the rest of the family Mm. Mm. Uh, to come back um, even to serve or do anything else was a big big step down so um, it was deaf discouraged a lot by Mm. almost all the friends all my family members Very few people, and myself, I necessarily didn't want to go back. And uh, it is a tough place to be in. Mm. Um, so I tried arguing with God a lot and said, "You know, is there any other way?" And I was trying to reason with it. And I said, "Well, maybe I'll just, I'll just be here. I'll just send a lot of money instead." But I felt there's nothing wrong with that, giving money. But I felt God clearly saying. I'm asking you to go, not your money. All the money on the world is mine. I want you to go. Mm. And I don't care. its It was nothing about the money. So he's like, I'm arguing with God, you know. I'll <laughs> give you money instead. He's like, God, <laughs>
0: God doesn't work
3: out very well. <laughs> so it didn't work out well. So I said, okay, fine, you know. Uh, I will go. It is not really about the
2: money, then. Yeah, I I appreciate what you're saying because you know just going back to the question of the personal calling, you know, uh, uh, young people that m- might be listening right now, uh, you know, sometimes we get so um, fixated with this idea that you know ministry is this romantic idea about ministry, which which is a beautiful yeah. you know it's, it's beautiful ministry is beautiful, but uh, just hearing Rabbi just describing his own experience, you know, there you know there's some implications that, and the, the place that you come from in your case and your family and what you're describing you know that you have to give up renounce to good things for the sake of what god was calling you to do you know uh, that is that is extremely powerful just to hear uh, that it's not that it's easy oh i'm gonna do i'm gonna go and be a missionary and i'm gonna do this but everything that is behind that decision and the implications i, I think you know that there was a you know it seems like a high cost, you know, uh, uh, for um, mm-hmm. um, and that uh, not everyone is willing to, you know, um, pursue. Um, so thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate it. We,
0: when we were um, got married, we had so much of debt. I'll just tell you that. Um, s- school debt and then his debt also coming to U.S. and all that stuff. It was astronomical. And, you know, I wondered, oh, my gosh, how are we going to be able to get out of here with all of this, you know, burden that we have? And so but, you know, God provides and of course, his parents were asking the same questions, but we worked hard, you know, lived simply and we got all paid off and we made sure not to lay down roots in the U S if you can understand my point. Mm -hmm. So that way we would feel stuck or we would have a commitment to anything. So paying off the debts and really being, feeling not to lay anything new down so that when we were ready to go, we were ready to go. And God knew the timing, which was a year after he finished his training, we left. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A year later we were gone.
1: I think like I'm just imagining living in that, season of transition for so long that must like be wearing on the mind and
0: heart Mm -hmm. right
1: you just like want to
0: oh seriously i mean and i was feeling like this um wanting to come here years before i met him Uh and so that i kept on blaming him well it's because of you now we have to like (laughs) (laughs) hold off and do all this stuff of course god has a way right i mean it, it was really important also for our our marriage and our family and just for a lot of different things. So it's in his perfect timing. That yes. More than
3: 10 years to finally, from the time she got a call to finally get on the field, it took me almost eight years wow. So, to keep that focus for that long, just preparing, preparing, preparing every year, one step at a time. Yes. Just not losing focus.
1: Yes. Just like the holding pattern and waiting and patience. And I feel like, um, I feel that profoundly right now because of the whole Corona thing. <laughs> like <laughs> we are just waiting yeah. for, to be able to see people again. And you know, as Thanksgiving's coming up and um, there's like harsher uh, guidelines and stuff on our area right now. And um, mm. it's just, it's like that similar, yeah. like when's it, mm. when's it gonna happen? When's it gonna happen? You know, and it keeps the yes. uh, finish line keeps getting pushed Further and further, but yeah. I have two questions for you just to fill in my um, background information. One is, um, I'd love to hear about your family. You said you have kiddos.
0: Mm-hmm. We have three kids. Yes, okay. we did not mention that. I'm okay. sorry. They're oh. they're beautiful kids. <laughs> I didn't. I never
1: doubted that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one is a four, almost fourteen year old. Okay. Um, another eleven year old, and then we adopted a boy who's uh, four and a half.
0: Okay, cool. I mean he was one when we adopted. Yeah, it, he's yeah, four and, half four and, half now.
3: and half. Yeah. Aww, a half. That's another side story. And
0: he would he would tell you his name is Batman. So mm-hmm. oh, nice. Okay. We'll call him Batman. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <That's perfect. Yes. laughs> right.
1: Oh, and then my second question is, um, what is it like there during this year? Does it feel um like do you feel the difference in your daily rhythms because of COVID and um I mean, you're a doctor. Does it change your day-to-day life? Yeah. Oh, does it look like? the whole
0: family is upside yeah, down.
3: It, right. it is.
2: Um,
3: it, 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 it was pretty bad when it first hit, like in March. Um, now we're kind of getting used to it, but um, even to this day, eight months out or something now, we've had maybe like three visitors in our house in this eight months. Oh, wow. Um, my parents also, we met them maybe five times. Mm-hmm. They live within the city, but we just, because they're older, they have other issues. We didn't want to put them at rest because of me primarily. Mm-hmm. Um, we just moved. One of the reasons we moved because we wanted some place to even go out. Otherwise, most of the days, nobody would pretty much step out of the house or the apartment complex and. Mm-hmm. marit has hardly talked to any people in person in the last eight months very yeah. few people
0: i mean like in person right in obviously person. on the phone you all can of do. these zoom and things right we do
3: all of that but
0: you have to survive in... that way but yeah. i think it, it's i mean like as a perspective from home him being a doctor uh particularly a COVID doctor mm-hmm that has been, um, you know, especially when that, you know, first wave hit and we're expecting the next one to come, I think at any point, like in the next, after another month or so, but it it's like, um, you know, he was always a hard worker mm-hmm. and, you know, has a lot of integrity in his job and just wants to do a good job. And then when COVID hit and it started getting really bad, it was like, I never seen him do so much. And it wasn't mm-hmm. like, He was trying to do so much. It was because there are no options and the just, I'm sure you guys have the same experience in Chicago as well, right? Just a huge flood of patients that are sick and dying um, and constantly flooding. And so his work hours were so bad and so late. And um, I, he would come home late at night just, it's not like it's shift work, right? I mean, it's not like you're in an ER and ICU. Like when you are like the primary doctor, you go and you're done when you're done, right? By seeing everybody, whoever needs to be seen, getting the new admissions or discharges and all that stuff. And then, and then he's on the, he comes home and he's still on the phone because there's a million other issues with other patients and families and all that to be able to go through. And, and then there's all of our friends, and family that we know that are calling because they know that he's the expert and everybody is getting COVID. Hmm. I mean, we know so many people who got COVID. So who are they going to call? Right. You call ghostbusters <laughs> and he was the ghostbuster. <laughs> so, I mean, and it was not like they're calling to chit chat. Nobody's calling like, Hey, what's going on? It's like, yo, I can't breathe. What's happening. Hmm. And hmm. Uh, you know, it's like very, very serious stuff. And it was all, and it's always urgent. Everything. Mm -hmm. things are calm now uh now the cases are low but that sense of urgency i mean i was like feeling like that um tenseness right i mean it wasn't like even about not even going out and meeting people but Mm -hmm. just everything's an emergency every minute like how do you
1: you can't live like that for that long
0: oh my gosh and he (laughs) had such a great attitude i tell you what such a great add to the whole thing i mean there are times though i thought i would like pick him up with a spatula off the floor when he came home <laughs> because it was like you know oh just God. exhaustion yeah. from so much but it wasn't him everybody like all his teammates were working like dogs you know mm-hmm. trying to like you know uh, make it minute by minute and he had a lot of juniors junior doctors underneath and he was training them and teaching them and doing everything you guys got to rise up to vacation because we have no choice mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like oh yeah. uh, and so our conversations became extremely dull like in the sense that it was all like extremely urgent stuff we had to talk about so normal day-to-day affairs what was happening was going out the window. We didn't have time to be able to discuss those things. I was doing a lot more on my own, feeling like a single mom in many ways, having to make all the decisions because mm. he didn't even have time to even think about those decisions or whatever have you. So just those times were were really hard. Now, now things are better and he's home at a more decent hour and call nights aren't so bad um, and things like that. So we are very, very happy. But I think that when it happens again, then we like more prepared and we understanding Mm -hmm. you know so it won't be so stressful i think and um we'd be able to handle it a little bit better so moving into this house has been has been good Mm -hmm. yeah
1: wow that's a vivid picture of just like the the sacrifice that it's almost like you didn't know that you were signing up for it but then you get like thrust into it (laughs) And then it's like, you're in a tunnel and you, the only way you can go is forward. So, wow. That's, yeah, sounds exhausting to be a ghostbuster. It
0: is pretty pretty tiring.
3: It wasn't fully a forced thing. It was truly me and my other teammates. We volunteered for this. We were not made to do this. Mm-hmm. We were not asked to do this. And we said we were the first in our hospital in pretty much the city where we said we are the experts in this field. We're going to take it on. We will take it on. And we convinced people to give us the freedom to take it on. Mm. We said, we got to do this. And we will teach others how to do this.
0: And that's what happened.
3: Um, otherwise, there will be just disaster. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So kind of
1: switching yeah. gears. What's what's the most rewarding part of your job? Because clearly this is like yeah. super draining. <laughs> is there no. a rewarding part um, to and I'll just broaden it up, not necessarily just to your profession, Ravi, but just like your um choice to be where you are and in your yeah. work as a family, like what is invigorating and life-giving about that?
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Ministry uh, stuff. Yeah, yeah, really in the end it is all about about hmm. bringing it back to Christ. Hmm. Without that everything else is meaningless um, And whatever we do in whatever shape or form, it has to be glory to God, and whether I am able to tell a person directly about God or not, um, when I do a quality work, if I help a person live one more day, um, I feel that is the best type of worship that I can give to God.
2: Mm.
3: Very difficult circumstance. Mm. The same way um, as we feel now, we I'm just I'm talking about our other things that God is leading us right now is to raise up others um, not just us doing things directly, but raising up others who can do the same kind of things mostly young people in their late teenagers in their 20s in that age group Hmm. single men and women raising up to have that passion for christ and then having kind of a work and an impact through them and we're seeing that so much more in this COVID season, I've just been just blown away how God has worked through that. We have been training and mentoring some of these young people for 5 to 10 years and they have really picked up and to see them go up and do these things and we see even the potential to do a lot, lot more now. um, That just gives us such a boost every single day.
0: Many of these uh, young people are doctors also and you know, Ravi working so hard, I think is an example, okay, to others. Like like some people will want to shy away and run away from the situation, and be like, no, I'm not gonna get my feet wet in this kind of a thing. But and the like key was showing people, you know, this is the time, this is the occasion where we need to like put our best foot forward and be able to help people because the world is in need, not to run away and really to do our best. And even though it's hard, and even though there are late nights and there's exhaustion, and sometimes you don't get an off day when you really need it, but you know, be able to this is for a season and to do it well with a good attitude and, um, you know, be able to role model that. I think it was just, um, I think it was, it was God's like divine timing really and all that way and be able to show people kind of how to do things and, um, yeah. yeah.
2: That's, that's really exciting. Uh, Yeah. And um, you you guys also, I don't know if you can, um, before I ask the following question that I have here, but um, you guys are, um, you have a community of faith. You have a a little church that is, um, uh, can you tell us a little bit more about that and how that happened? Mm -hmm. It's really exciting. Just, yeah.
0: Yeah. So a couple of years ago, we just really felt, uh, it's been two years now, Mm -hmm. Um, God, we, we have been to many or not many, just a few good churches in the city, but, um, in the end, just feeling like this was not places where we felt like we could invite these young people to Mm -hmm. that we had been mentoring. And we want to be able to don't want to have church life separate from like being with them life, Mm -hmm. that everything that we do is all like together Mm -hmm. in community. Mm -hmm. Um, in a way. And so that's how this church got started. We're like, okay, well, I guess we got to do it ourselves. And so they started coming and other people's also started coming, you know, Mm -hmm. their friends and things like that. It's not very big. I'd say, uh, you know, maybe 25 people Mm -hmm. or whatever um, come and on a a Sunday, but they are an excellent committed group of Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. that we know are going to one day transform the world in the places wherever they're at Mm. and they're not like fooling around with Mm. their faith and their commitment and every decision Mm. is extremely important. And it's really great to be part of their lives and be able to walk with them through all this and, um, kind of rub shoulders together and um, stuff like that in, in that church as well. We've taken probably the top leaders as well Mm -hmm. from that. And we have like, um, special mentoring sessions with them that we meet with regularly and discuss various issues, whether like we met yesterday or two days ago, we talked about money, money management. <laughs> People don't talk about how to handle money, God's way, right? So loans, debts, uh, savings, tithing, You know, how do we do with our money? What do we do? Whether you make a lot of money or a little bit of money. So making choices in our life, not based upon money, But when you do get money, what do you do with it and stuff like that and generosity? So these are just examples.
2: That's 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 really good. And um, I'm pretty sure it hasn't been an easy journey to get to the place that you guys are at right now, you know, with a church and investing in discipling. But what has been one of your greatest disappointments, you know, to get to the I mean, of the many, probably that you know, I think about my own experience, you know. But what has been one of the greatest disappointments, you know, on this journey that you know still very vivid and real until uh, this day?
0: I think that I I would look at it. I think for myself, um, we set out coming here, working with people with HIV/AIDS, and we continue to do that as well. That has not changed. Um, that has been cut down um, quite a bit as the situation here has also changed and. Government is is doing a better job and people are not as sick as they used to be, but we still do medical camps and um, meet with them and stuff like that. But I think um, seeing where, uh, like on these college campuses and all that stuff, where we're now involved in sort of these medical college campuses with different uh, fellowships and students who are learning and growing and want to know more about God, I think I missed that. Um, initially in the beginning, so I think uh, one of the disappointments is I wish I had not delayed that and wish I had not missed that. Mm-hmm. That God was showing that this is something that can that I want you to do right now, or this is an area where the spirit is growing and I ignored it because I'm into HIV. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that was wrong, mm-hmm. and that's in my advice I would give to anybody, right? Mm-hmm. Wherever the spirit moves that's where you got to go. You mm. know, you, I know you've got your mind, you've got your whole life planned out, ABCD and one, two, three, all this kind of a stuff, but you know, God works in mysterious ways and mm-hmm. he puts it all to crash. It's really not about what man plans in the end anyway. And mm. I feel like, I mean, my disappointment is I wish I had seen that earlier because I, that has been such a huge ministry now and in, in working with the, the campus students, which is how we've come to start this little church and, we still work with other campus students that are not part of the church as well i mean that all is going simultaneously the, but the spirit moving in on all that stuff has been really excellent and i missed it hmm. it, took, it took some time to be able to get that into my brain and god to speak to me on that
1: stories obviously on this podcast and we love just like collecting stories from um those around the world and those within our calvary body too so we'd love to hear just like can is there a story that readily comes to mind that happened recently um that just like something funny that happened to you on the field like you weren't expecting or maybe even uh just an unexpected blessing um but just kind of like drop us in a certain moment in time recently um and tell us about what it's like to be you
0: recently uh recently is a strong word like a funny thing uh it's it's hard because it's been so uh stressful right (laughs) with covid stuff it's like not very funny recently (laughs) i was gonna say
2: um well maybe that you know there's a, i mean and throughout experience you know i look back and i think about all these crazy things that happened you know uh, in all those years on the field when those things happened weren't funny in the moment you know uh but when i look back i can laugh about it i don't know you know maybe when you think I'll, about I'll just tell you a funny story I,
3: <laughs> I do remember a funny thing it's got to do with the zoom and uh, that's what i remember of it so um, we were in our online church uh, about a month ago.
0: Oh my, yes.
3: <laughs> That's just funny. <laughs> so we were in the online church and one of the boys was giving a very serious testimony about what was going on in his life. And um, uh, he thought he got COVID. And I didn't think, uh, well, he was just being overly dramatic about it. Mm. And I had talked to him and I said, you know, it's okay. But then I was talking to my kids who were there with me and I was just kind of making fun of that. Like, this boy, you know, he's just such a... <laughs> he's just acting like a baby, come on, you know? And I was just saying all that, but I did not realize that I did not mute my <laughs> my oh. computer.
0: Uh, well no i mean i was in another room on the same zoom thing and i could hear him talking so i'm on the thing and i just don't know how to stop. And i'm like oh so everybody listen to me You're <laughs> i'm, covering trying, to shout. Oh, you're covering I'm trying to shout and talk about some other interesting conversations and things like that oh
3: my god because i was
0: like yeah everybody
3: that's a very yeah. embarrassing it yeah. was embarrassing anyway. well
0: <laughs> no
1: that totally fits Can you share ways that your life has been richer from your cross-cultural experience? And obviously, you have like a cross-cultural marriage. (laughs) So like, how does your family um, benefit from having two cultures married, just even within yourselves, and then also um, bringing that um, into your everyday life as a doctor and as a mom and as a nurse and all of that? Like what, you know, what does that look like day in and day out?
3: Yeah, we feel totally blessed by that. Mm. Uh, like Even just today, we were having dinner and were, one of our daughters was saying, well, why do you eat like this? Or why do you eat like that? And you know, she would say, well, this is how I grew up and this is what we used to do, but this is not what we do now. So, so much of it, we have to keep going back and try to keep tearing down what is right, what is just a cultural, what is our family rather than this is the way it has to be done. There's very few things which are just pure black and white, especially like living lifestyle choices and all that,
1: yes. food.
3: So those are many of our background um, and we have to keep coming back to it and say, what is from God? Like when people look at us and we are so different and our kids, even the younger ones said, you both are so different. But at the same time, you are so together. Mm. Mm. How is that? You know, mm. And I said, it's only Christ. Yeah, mm. it's a, a microcosm of the church. Yeah, mm. that is the only thing that can keep us together. Mm. Otherwise, we are so different. Mm. Our personalities, our mindsets, our worldviews, our backgrounds, mm. so different. Mm. But Christ is what brings us together. And that's, we, we rejoice in that. Mm. And and we would like people to have that kind of thing where people strip away culture
2: mm-hmm. and
3: just backgrounds mm-hmm. and really look at Christ. Pure Christ. Um, um, no matter where they are from, whether they're yeah. in US or in Asia or wherever they are. Yeah. We, I think we try to mm. make it too cultural sometimes and we forget what is Christ.
0: We use this a lot also with you know when we're mentoring with you know many of the students and stuff and just trying to get to the root of it now why mm-hmm. are you doing something is you doing because you always grew up doing that and mm-hmm. is it cultural but understand how how the difference between culture and christ mm-hmm. really has that come in the middle and even now okay and we even talk about marriage for instance okay and getting married we can do you know, you can go traditional, nothing wrong with that. But really getting down to understand what does God have for you? Mm. We sometimes unintentionally put barriers in front of God, right? We don't really mean to. We just do it because that's what we always thought. It's just sort of like, okay, well, we're trying to break down those barriers, break down those walls, and be like, have an open plate, have an open book to whatever God has for you. So take out culture and see. You know, where you can go in leaps and bounds. Because I know God's gonna use many of them to such huge degrees. It's just sometimes just getting your their minds wrapped around it, just going beyond what, what culture um, has for them.
1: Lastly, I have been curious about this since we mentioned it at the beginning, but I would love to hear it, Ravi. How did you become a Christian? And I know that's like probably a loaded question, so you can go you know, you can go five sentence version, you can go fifteen minute version, whatever you want.
3: <laughs> no, I won't go the fifteen. I'll go for the more the shorter version. Okay. But uh, as I came to US and I got connected with this church, they were trying to reach out to international students. So they would take us to their homes. Mm. After church they would they would come, pick us up from our, you know, places, take us to church, and after church would go we would go to their homes just play, have food. And for a young guy with nothing much to do, not much money. That was a very good deal. So just let's go and have fun. So that's what I would do every Sunday. And through that, I went to one of his uh, family. Um, and just got to know them a little bit and uh, a really nice family and this boy, especially I really um, liked him. Um, his name uh, was Cody Burchell. And uh, he had just such a good presence about him. He was a teenager, about 12, 13, when I met him. Um, He was very different than other teenagers. He was so calm and peaceful, not trying to show off or not trying to... Not
0: selfish.
3: Selfish or be somebody else. um, And I was just very curious about him. I would talk to him once in a while, not too much. And then um, uh, he had leukemia, but then he had taken chemotherapy and treatments and he got better through that. Um, But later on, it came back after a year or so. And the second time it was worse. And then he got all types of treatments, but nothing really worked. And then uh, finally he passed away from that. And that's when really, it really shook me when he died. And I had come from an atheist kind of background, didn't really believe in anything. A lot of people at church and others had talked to me about Christ. My, my mom also, many people had talked in many different ways. I had read books, I had read the Bible, but nothing it didn't really make sense to me. But after this boy, somehow it just hit me and I just started crying and I just feeling so angry. Uh, couldn't really figure out what it was about, but through some just soul searching, I figured out that I was really angry at God. Um, and I was very sad at that and uh, afraid also. But as I understood that, I figured, well, I'm no longer an atheist. You cannot be angry at God and deny a God. Uh, at least I have to be honest to myself and say, well, there is a God then. Then I just don't like him. Mm. But... There may be a God then, and there is a God then, and, and maybe He has power to take life and to give life. Then I said, "Well, then that is a big deal, whether I like it or not. This is the reality." So I would, I went on a journey to try to figure out who is this God then, yeah. and then um, study the Bible again, and then studied all the major religions of the world. I'm a very kind of a, have a scientific bent. That's why I went into science. Um, so I looked at other faith books, um, the Quran and the Gita and and read apologetic books and the people from church would give lots of books. I would read through all of those, but finally came to the conclusion that well, it's only through Christ. Um all other worldviews they just say, do something. But only Christ gives us a free gift and says, Well, you just believe in me. You don't have to do anything. Mm and only through faith, not through works, through faith uh, in Christ, that all of our sins will be gone. And that is what truly made sense from an intellectually. Mm. Uh, and then I read also a lot of other apologetic books and just looking at the scientific evidence behind it. Is this really true? Mm. Not just uh, from an emotional angle, but historical evidence, archaeological evidence, you know, looking you know, Case for Christ and C.S. Lewis books, Joshua Duff McDowell books, reading through all those things, and coming to a solid conclusion that well, this is the only way, mm. there is no other way, and um, and that's how I became a believer.
0: And I tell you what, when he became a believer, the sad thing is I didn't believe him. <laughs> that is like, another story a but yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah well, it was i thought he's a liar liar pants of fire wow.
3: <laughs> because we were interested in each other and uh, she and she and everybody thought and i was also confused whether i was doing it for her or is it really for me um whether i believed it or was i was trying to do this so that i could be with her because mm-hmm. um, she had made it clear only like she would be with a true believer um, so there was a lot yeah, of emotions going Lots
1: through
2: that layers. Yes. Yes. Mm. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Robbie, for sharing your testimony. And again, for, um, just sharing about your lives and how God has used every single thing, information, experiences, family, um, you know, for his own glory until this day. Um, um and I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about our congregation here as missions month. Um, and, um, we've been talking about the markets of the global church and, and that idea that, um, uh, as a local church here where we are, uh, we're part of, you know, a, a global church. Um, what a blessing is to think about that and, you know, the challenge of Micah 6a that we've been exploring over this month. But, but as I keep thinking about the congregation and just praying that, you know, we, we can grow and expand our vision about, um, the mission of God and 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 what it means for us, uh, as a former, you know, cross cultural worker, you know, I I would love for, <laughs> I know it's not possible for every person just to grow and live cross culturally, because there is a local calling here. You know, there's a reason mm-hmm. and a, per- a purpose for us here, here where we are, where mm-hmm. the Lord has planted our church. But um, what advice would you give to? people in our congregation that are thinking about their future, you know, I'm thinking about the two of you when you were going through, you know, medical school or nurse school and what you were doing and how you know, Margaret in your case was more evident, you know, for Ravi was a journey, but, you know, to use that, um, for his mission. Right. Uh, and, and it's also connected to, you know, yeah, it's, it's like a long question. And the other part of the question is how would you challenge our community to think about, uh, God's mission as something that involves each and every believer at any time, at any place. Um so I, I want you guys to encourage and challenge our congregation just to think out, out of the box about missions that is not just a program, a department, but it's a lifestyle that involves us all. So yeah.
3: Yeah, definitely. We are very, very passionate about that. We feel everybody is called to serve and glorify God and whatever capacity and whatever ways that they can, wherever they are. It's truly not an option just to sit back and just let others do whatever. Uh, It is not just for some frontline worker out there, uh, us or you guys who are more in a leadership or more serving roles. But every person out there has been called by God, put there for a specific reason. whether it's for their families whether it's for their friends neighbors co-workers whoever it is god wants us to be a salt and light wherever we are and that is just such a high calling we have to take that very seriously not just let life just push us along wherever we go but to take this seriously to be rooted in the Word first so that we understand what does God want us to do in each situation of our life, live our life with character and integrity. That's when when we talk to others about Christ, they will respect us, even if they don't fully agree with us right away.
2: Hmm.
3: When people talk to me, when I first met them who were Christians, I could tell that these guys were different. I had heard about Christianity over and over since I was born but I could not see that in their life Mm. for most of the people who would talk to me about it. Mm. But when you live out your life, then it makes sense. (laughs) It's very hard to deny a transformed life, a life of character. Mm. And when people start doing that in all their small little worlds, whatever places God has put us, Mm. I think it's just amazing. And especially like in a place like Calgary, it's got such a rich history we ourselves really grew up kind of in, uh, we were married and we kind of grew up through that young adult ministry mm-hmm. and we were mentored in Calvary and we were exposed. Missions week was where we really, mm-hmm. I especially, because oh I gosh. didn't have a background.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I had no yeah. Christian
3: background. This is what I learned how to,
2: mm-hmm.
3: how to really have a passion for others.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And it was truly really a missions week. Mm-hmm every year we would not miss that we would be there we would spend time with the workers whoever wherever they came from Mm.
1: who would talk to
3: us and that was just such a powerful testimony of Mm. their lives Um, Mm. and even how Calvary uh, spent such a big not just financial but uh, attention upon this type of workers Mm. It was just such a big testimony for us. So I would encourage people to be involved, young, old, wherever, Mm -hmm. whatever ways they're in, whatever lifestyle they're in, just to be involved a lot. Mm -hmm. Live like character of Christ.
0: Can Mm -hmm. I not say also, I feel like everybody thinks that we are special. Mm -hmm. And I would like to say that we're not. Mm -hmm. And I would like to say that we are like anybody else at Calvary. Mm -hmm. We live in another country, That's the only difference. But Ravi works a regular job. He Mm -hmm. works at a secular hospital, Mm -hmm. okay, at a secular workplace. Now, how many people at Calvary also work at secular workplaces? Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Does it take for us to move to another country to be intentional for God's kingdom? Mm -hmm. It Mm -hmm. should not. That's why I say we're not special. We Mm -hmm. just live here and work, and we're intentionally just Mentoring and discipling and just being a part of whatever God is doing.
2: Amen.
0: Anybody can do that anywhere.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Calvarians, if, if that's what you call them, okay, <laughs> I like it. Uh, can that's do cool. that Calvary. Secular job people, but being intentional in every way with neighbors or, you know, with people in the church. Now, I'm not saying everybody has to go out and do all this big uh, you know, witnessing thing on the streets and pass out all of these, you know, papers and things like that. No, I'm not saying if that is what God calls you to, you can't, but people can also in their lifestyle, and then they can mentor people and disciple anybody who's younger than them and be like, we, they don't know how to be able to guide them and mold them It's needed in every single every single age group, everywhere Mm. with each other, accountability. All of those things can be done in any country, in any neighborhood, anytime, Mm -hmm. in any job. We are not special. I do want to say that. Mm. Just because we live here doesn't make us any different. We would do the same thing if we were at Calvary.
2: Mm.
0: We would hope that people at Calvary would do the same thing too.
2: Yeah, I I was asked. I mean, just to what you said at the end, and and thank you. That's that's extremely powerful. But I was I was being interviewed by Johnny a few weeks ago, and I think one of the things that I said is that it, that it was it was said to me by a mentor is like you're not going to um, leave out to whatever place you want to go where you're not leaving out here, and mm, and I agree to that. Um, you know. Yeah whatever we know about god we need to leave it out um I, i'm just gonna say that last because i think it's connected with what you're saying and at the same time just encourage uh people in the congregation that um you know they can be light in, in the workplaces where they are and um so i appreciate you guys sharing that and, and and challenging our congregation just to think about more about that and uh especially through this month as we we celebrate you know what God is doing in our local midst but also around the world through our missions month. That's mm. wonderful. Yes. It is. Yes.
1: Oh, thank you guys. I I hear your thankful heart and like your eye to notice his provision even amidst like a exhausting time. Thank yeah. you for sharing a little bit of your life and your story and like what you're learning and what the spirit's telling you and just yeah, we're blessed to hear it and like it's fun to just have a space to share and receive
2: wisdom yes. uh, for me personally um getting to know you over this past uh, year has been extremely powerful and encouraging and uh please know that we love you uh we're extremely grateful for you and and i i don't you know me i don't say that because i just want to say it. we we truly love you and um grateful for your lives and your family uh we see christ in you and um and thank you for giving us an opportunity somehow to be part of your journey and uh, and for providing us today with a window into your life and uh, what you guys are doing. I think that this is going to also, you know, encourage people to pray for you, but also, um, yeah, just for people to reflect in their own lives and, and where do they fit in God's mission. Um, so I just want to thank you again for uh, making time for us today. We love you.
0: Thank you so much.
2: Thank you for having us.
0: Thank you, Manfred, okay. so much. Would you right. pray us out? Should
2: I pray? Yes. Yeah. Thank you, guys.
0: Yes.
3: Okay. Yeah. yeah. Dear Jesus, thank you, Lord, that we got a chance to talk and how you have amazingly created these opportunities which we could not have even thought about ten years ago. But you just uh, are so good and you provide ways out. When there's a door that closes up, you provide another door that is open. And we thank you, Lord, for Calvary who have been with us and walked with us for such a long time lord this is where i really learned about you and grew up and through the missions week learned and was exposed to so much more teaching and such great quality of men and women lord and we thank you lord for that history and testimony and service of people thank you lord for the support of calvary and people who pray and give um, to us and to many others Lord. and their, their support Truly is what keeps us and many others in very difficult parts of the world. We thank you, Lord, for their faithfulness. We pray, Lord, that you'll continue to bless them, encourage them, but also challenge them also, Lord. And let them not just be satisfied with any status quo or comfort zones, but keep pushing them to get better, to come closer to you, God. Just as you want us to be close to you. You're never satisfied with even one. Part of our life which is not completely in service to you same way lord we pray for the whole church that they would walk with you lord every single person would come closer to you thank you lord for this amazing opportunity to share our lives once again and hopefully one day someday we would be able to meet and see each other in person once again thank you lord again in jesus name we pray amen amen amen, amen.
1: Thanks, guys. Thank you. Also, I'm going to use your uh, terminology, Calvarians. I like that. that yeah. Like, Calvarians. <laughs> kind of sounds like that's a, a fictional, yes. goal, yeah. like people group. Did, like we could. Okay. Uh, yeah. Landerans. Did we coin something here, Calvarians? <laughs> you did. Yeah. Well
2: done. So, uh, that's it. Yeah. Awesome. I am a Calvarian. <laughs> right. now.
0: Calvarian. Uh,
2: that's, uh, yeah. That's Calvarian.
0: Good. Yes. There are Calvarians all around the world. Uh, <laughs> that you could also say. <laughs>
2: hey. Thank
3: you again. Thank yeah. you. Yep. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you guys. Okay. guys. Thank so you so much. Later. All right, we'll
0: talk All right. again. Sure. Okay, bye. Bye.